This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Yo, yo. Brian. What up, Romy? What up, man? Welcome to the first Sober Life Experience. Yes, sir. Episode number one. Heck yeah. Are you excited? I'm pumped, dude. I know. I'm, I'm excited. Pumped. I'm excited to spread uh, spread the word. Spread the message, baby. Yeah. About the sober life experience, what it has to offer, the features, the benefits, the blessings, the gifts, the joys. Um, this is going to be amazing. And I feel so honored and blessed to be here with you, my man. No doubt, man. Let's do this. There's there's no one else that I would I would rather be in the studio recording this podcast and going on Facebook Live with than you oh yeah oh yeah it's on it's on so why don't we why don't we get into it dude yeah man. so what's up with this sober life like i keep seeing you on facebook on social media i keep seeing you talking about sober life this sober life that right what's right. this all about like what's what's going down should we let's talk to the people let's fill everyone in let's just thank them first of all for jumping on checking us out right seeing totally. what's going down and yeah. uh let's yeah. educate yeah let's do that i mean first of all you know thanks for tuning in it means a lot to us uh, the support is totally appreciated. You know what we're what we're doing here at Sober Life is we're really trying to create awareness. You know, you know, send the message out to people that like sobriety is is cool. It's not just for people who have you know tons of problems. You know, it certainly is for for that crowd too. But it is also like a healthy lifestyle alternative. You know, it's really about enjoying life and learning to live life and, and live it to the fullest. Yeah, I want to I want to capitalize on something you said. Sobriety is cool, yo. Yeah. Being sober is cool. No like, doubt. We're on a mission to show people that like actually the funner, happier, more joyful way of being is sober. No doubt. No doubt. But in order to get there, I think we got to talk about a little bit about where we come from. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like when someone gives me a message, I want to know the wrapping, where it came from. I want to hear the story behind it. You know, you know, a question I personally get a lot is, where did where did your addiction come from? Mm. Like, like what causes it? Yeah, and, it, and it's a question not just pointed towards me, but it's a question that I feel like a lot of people out there in the in society have, and it's this this deep question that everyone is searching for the answer. You know, how did my son? How did my daughter? How did my husband become a drug addict? Right. Like, what led to it? You know, and, and for for to answer that question, like I gotta go all the way back. Well, Roman, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Tell us, like, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Like, what happened to you, man? Yeah. Well, okay. So here here's the story about me. Um, it's a thrilling story. <laughs> I was born August twenty sixth, nineteen eighty eight. I consider it to be one of the greatest days. Dude, you're an eighties baby. Wow. Yes. Yes. Eighties <laughs> baby. I was I was born inside of a drug and alcohol rehab. Mm. My mother was sixteen, and you know, as far as the early years, I don't I don't remember a lot. Mm. I, I remember instability. Mom wasn't around, dad wasn't around, and eventually they were both not around. And I was introduced to the California state foster care system. Mm. And my experience in foster care was that of you know uh, being in constant fight or flight. You know, feeling like, wow, I'm terminally unique. Like, no one will ever get me. No one will understand me. And so my solution to that was to run away. Right. 
as often as I could, just run, 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 run away. Right. And uh, eventually, when I was 11 years old, I got adopted by this wonderful family in San Luis Obispo, the Central Coast, California. And they, they actually took me in. They're, they're the biggest blessing I've ever had in my life is my parents. I call them my parents. They are my parents. How did you first meet them? Like, did they come in to see you? Were you like, what was going on? So I was separated from my, I had two younger brothers yeah. that I was separated from. I guess I had a bit of an attitude problem. And, and <laughs> the running, the, the running away and the, and the biting of the kids seemed to be an issue. So I was separated and I remember meeting them the first time. And it was this place called Captain Kids. It was similar to like, uh, like a boomers. And they introduced themselves, and my two younger brothers, who I, I hadn't seen in a couple of years, were also there. And it was like this big reunion. And then I remember them asking, hey, like, you know, potentially would you want to come live with us? And I was overjoyed, you know? And, and I always go back to that moment and say, like, when they stepped into my life and yeah. intervened, at that moment, if I was not already afflicted with addiction or alcoholism, mm -hmm. my life would have changed drastically. And it did. Wow. What did it feel like when you actually, it landed that, hey, we want to take you in? Well, see, th that's the thing is that because I was, I was already a little older, yeah. it didn't fully land. So although I had this wonderful experience where I was adopted right. by this amazing family, that as soon as I started school, as soon as I started doing like normal things that a normal, normal family would, like I felt so disconnected from society as a, as a whole and any sort of family value or family dynamic, none of that related. So I essentially did the same thing I'd done my entire life, which was isolate and run away. Okay. So let me, let me recap here. Yeah. So you're born to a 16 year old, like drug addicted mother. Yes. Drugs and alcohol in the home. You're put into the foster system mm -hmm. at age 11 like a blessing incision to your life could be the best thing to ever happen to you. Right. And, uh, you have this overwhelming feeling still of like running, avoiding, not really letting it land. How does drugs and alcohol come into play? Like what, like what's up with that? Like well, you think that could be a saving grace for someone, you know, that young to feel like totally, you know, they're totally. being taken care of and someone's got their back. And Brian, I'll say it like this prior to that moment. I had, I had no idea about drugs and alcohol. I didn't even know that the characteristics that my, my, both my biological parents, you know, like the ways that they were being, I didn't associate that with drugs and alcohol because I had no idea what that meant. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was about 13, 14 years old that I started experimenting with drugs and alcohol. Like that, what? Smoking a little weed? Well, yeah. Drinking so, some, yeah. Some, of your, some of your dad's beers? You know, like it, what was it, happening here? <laughs> you know, it started with a joint. You know, I, okay. think, I think most of them do. It starts with a joint, some summer. You know, I was hanging out at the YMCA, and then next thing you know, it was, you know, alcohol, and it turned to... After you school know, care programs, everyone. Right. Your gateway to drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Shout out YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and still drugs and alcohol weren't really a problem. I played sports at a very high level. Mm. I had a promising career playing sports, and I was excelling in school once I kind of got on the right track. And um, it wasn't until high school that... I made a, I, I remember, I almost remember the exact moment that I made a decision and I said, you know what? Like, I have two options. I can go down this route, which is, it makes me feel a lot better right now, but it's probably not going to end up good. Or I can go this other route where I, I put in hard work and effort and determination mm -hmm. and I have these goals that seem nice. Yeah. And I remember at that point, I sold out on myself. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? You mean, you, what do you mean, like, I sold out on myself? I gave up on my dreams. 
you know, I had dreams of playing in the NHL. I played hockey. Uh, you know, I had dreams of maybe one day being a politician. You know, I had real Whoa. big dreams. And at that moment, I sold out on all of that. And, Senator Roro in the yeah, house. And I remember the exact moment because I was at a hockey tournament mm-hmm. and I was playing and, and I got a high stick penalty. Mm-hmm. And I remember throwing my stick into the crowd and quitting hockey. Wow. And saying, I'm never playing again. So you mentioned an attitude problem earlier. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in the next several years, um, just just in conclusion, just to wrap up, because yeah. it's like, I don't want to go into deep war stories, but I, you know, I, I joined the military, mm-hmm. joined the Marine Corps. Um, my career was sh- uh, cut short due to drugs and alcohol, mm. which eventually led me to prison sentences, in and out of prison, losing relationships, losing relationship with family, okay. um, homelessness, and, and finally like rock bottom where I had nothing and no one to go to. And, and I, I eventually like got myself into treatment. Cool. So it sounds like you're an authority on drug addiction and alcoholism from firsthand experience. Oh, I know all the ins and outs. <laughs> so, I, I'm like a professional. So we can take what you have to say about drugs and alcohol. Can we take it literally? Can oh, the no audience, doubt. No can doubt. the listeners empathize? Can we get down with what you got to say about drugs and alcohol? Yeah, you can totally trust me out of the experience. <laughs> There's nothing that you can throw my way that I would be shocked by. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what what happened, man? Like, uh, you know, you've got an extensive story. Right. A lot of things went down. What uh, what ended up being a big turning point for you? Like, what's up with this, uh, you know, sober life movement? How did you get involved with that? Why is that even appealing? Well, let me first by saying this. To answer the question I put out there earlier of, like, where does drug addiction come from? Like, why did I become an addict? Mm. Like, why did my loved one? Like, that question that everyone is always trying to answer is, like, it doesn't matter. Mm. Right? Like, it doesn't matter where I became a drug addict or how. Like, I'll never fully understand how that happened or why it happened. But I do know now to my core being that that's, that's what I am. And so, so I made the decision when I was tired of living that lifestyle, when I was like absolutely done, broken, hopeless, homeless. And I was like, I am, I am not okay with this life anymore. Mm. So you're saying that it's, uh, you can't blame your addiction on your parents, dude? Yeah. No. No, Are you saying you can't blame it on society and like all the problems of the world? Not anymore. And not to say <laughs> that I didn't for a long time, because the truth is for a long time, I was nothing but, you know, blame and excuses. You know, oh, the reason I acted this way was because my mom never loved me. Or the reason this happened was because, you know, and I blame, 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 blame. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it all comes back on me. I got to take personal responsibility for that. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of... uh Bad dope stories to get you to that point. A lot of pain, a lot of hurt, yeah. a lot of suffering. We uh, and, and we will go into those war stories, not on this podcast. It's an introduction, but yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, stay tuned. You know, keep listening. We'll we'll get into some of those nitty gritty war stories. Ooh, but before we got we, some juicy stuff coming, yeah, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. But nice. before that, I, I want to quickly transition over to you. Right? Ooh, you want to talk about me? Oh yeah, Ooh, yes I do. Because okay. this isn't just about me. This is about us. Right? Yeah. It's and so us. I'm really interested, Brian, to because we're really different in a lot of areas. You have a lot of tattoos. Yes. I don't. No, you don't. You um, have a killer smile. Mine's just okay. Well, well okay. <laughs> You're a beautiful man. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, but I'm talking about like lifestyle wise, right, uh, right. where we were raised, kind of what we grew up in. Yeah, like, there's yeah. a lot of differences. Yet, like here we are. Yeah, on the same path in the same moment. Like sober life, like running a podcast and going Facebook Live and doing this and having an audience. Like this is us together on the same path. And I just want to understand where you came from. Yeah. So, so why don't you tell us where it started with you? Yeah, let's fill everybody in, guys. So, I grew up in Central California, uh, small town of Visalia. <sighs> agriculture, dairies, farming, super conservative. Um, I, I had a pretty good home. I grew up going to Christian schools. Ooh. I uh, was really smart. I was kind of sheltered. I remember being like just such an honest kid. Huh. Like uh, I remember, you know, praying a lot. I remember just kind of like wanting to please those around me. I remember um, – Getting into skateboarding really young. I was oh, really yeah. into skateboarding. Remember I, back in the day, yo-yos, oh, skateboarding, dude. Pokemon cards. Pogs. Yeah, Pogs were the oh, thing. Man. Even the, What were those little, like the Digimon things or the little like things oh, you took care of? The yeah, The little yeah. electronic like things on your keychain. I, I, yeah, I definitely remember those. You, you, you got to be a 90s baby to, to remember that stuff. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I grew up skateboarding and, and I always kind of felt out, you know. As much as people need air, water food to live i realized that people also have emotional needs which must be met and these Hmm. are things like acceptance affiliation approval affection you know love right and uh i don't know i just know how i was brought up and i don't think i i don't know what i don't know you know yeah say that five times fast (laughs) but i think that somewhere around the way i wasn't getting some of those emotional needs met and uh, I started hanging out with guys a lot older than me. I was really into skateboarding. I could keep up with these guys. They loved pushing me to the edge, hitting rails, hitting gaps, doing kick flips, whatever it was. So it's, it kind of sounds like you were seeking maybe more approval, more attention. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah. And uh, I was getting it, but I don't know if it was from the healthiest sources. Right. You know, I was, I was bullied a lot um, by some of these guys. And then some of them I actually became pretty close friends with. Uh, one thing I do know is that we moved in when I was in sixth grade. My parents just kind of dropped a bomb on us. My dad had a small business. It was an agricultural service business. Right. We moved from a small town to an even smaller town. Okay. One high school. Uh, everybody played football. Everybody knew everybody. And uh, I was kind of this like goofy kid. I was a little bit shorter. I, I-, I wore brightly colored dickies. I had orange, <laughs> bright red, green, baby blue, sky blue. What? Um. I can and, see that. I can totally see that. And I was that. rocking these dickies, and I was in this like kind of country town, and and I was a white boy, but I spoke Spanish, and and I was a good skateboarder, and 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 I and I had a big butt. <laughs> and, okay. And, and they <laughs> they would call me Triple B, big butt, <laughs> big butt Brian, man. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, too much information there, bud. <laughs> But uh, I'm glad it never stuck. I'm glad it never stuck. But it did for like a year. And I I don't know. Like I just – somebody introduced – you know, I I never had that like – I remember Dare coming to school, right, in sixth grade. Yeah, I remember Dare. And uh, I never felt like, oh, Dare. Like I never felt like, oh, like drugs are bad. Right. I never had that like feeling of, oh, like you shouldn't do this. Right, right. You know, I was always kind of – Really, I was just kind of curious. I was a curious young kid. I was really smart. I always kind of wanted to know the answers. So, and, so, so, how did you go from that to like where you eventually led, and where you eventually decided, "Whoa, 
sober is the better way. Yeah, guys. So well, like what happened? What's in the gap? So so what happened is uh both my parents were sober, by the way. I think I should mention that. Oh, yeah. That's huge. So I was really never around drugs and alcohol mm. until I got around 6th, 7th, 8th grade. And what happened was was uh, I had one of the most profound experiences of my life. First time I smoked weed. <laughs> really? What'd that look like? Oh, my God. It, what it looked like is we were out in like the middle of some orange groves. It looked okay. like a bunch of people going in on a, on a 40 sack. I'm visualizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get down, drop in, take a yeah, deep breath. Yeah, I'm there. We, uh, we rolled some blunts. Ooh. And uh, we're out, and we called it the brickyard. Imagine like a pond where you could fish at, ride dirt okay. bikes in the middle of orange groves. No one messed with you. I see. And it. you're a bunch of country kids out there just uh-huh. like getting down with your bad selves. Damn, I'm so there right we, now. So we rolled th- these blunts, and, and we, we smoked this weed, and... I swear to God, I couldn't stop laughing. I just couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. I felt so connected to the people around me. All of that space, that distance, that separate then kind of melted away. Right. And I felt a part of. Um, we we went on these – I hallucinated. Uh, we went to the, to the uh, gas station, and I remember putting my head underneath the icy machine – and just like, just like in that movie, half baked, just like getting the sl- the, the slushy all down my throat. Um, right. I got separated from the group and ended up linking up with two older guys. I just randomly saw on the street. We smoked another joint. Like it was just that connection, that acceptance. There were these emotional needs that I think were getting met. Also, while I was under the influence of a mood and mind altering substance, it kind of sounds like you. It kind of sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you kind of fell in love, <laughs> right? Like you're describing like falling in love with someone, but for for this story, it would be drugs. Little did I know she'd be cheating and hurting me later on. Right, right. Yeah. So like, let's fast forward. Like, yeah, that sounds like a really good experience. And, and those who are listening would probably agree yeah. that that sounds like a pretty good experience. Like if that was your only experience... You might not be on the sober movement today. Oh correct? no! Oh no! Oh no! Right. Um, I'll just say, guys, that from ages fourteen to seventeen, I don't know if I had a single sober day. Damn. And uh, what happened was, is uh, well, it was fun, mm-hmm. and, and then it became like fun with with problems. Right. And then it became a lot of problems, but I was so delusional. I was constantly my mind was altered constantly. That it, I was, I had this utter inability to recognize that uh, the source of these problems were actually stemming from me, right? And that I was actually the cause. And, and alcohol and drugs, I never seemed to get in trouble when I wasn't using them. Except there wasn't really any other time that I wasn't mm-hmm. using them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I began to, over time, over tons of consequences, many b- embarrassing, painful experiences, began to put the pieces together. That hey, dude, like. This stuff keeps happening when you're loaded. Yeah. Like maybe that has something to do with why this stuff keeps happening. Shoot. Yeah, I went to rehab <laughs> when I was 17. Uh, I was arrested multiple times as a juvenile, kicked out of my home, um, kicked out of schools. And, and it didn't matter what grades I had. It didn't matter what sports I played. Like I was a tornado really running through the lives of uh, the people that loved me the most, which is the people I ended up hurting the most. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. Yeah, so uh, I went to rehab, and for me, that was the first time I was ever able to get honest 
Right. I had this real big thing going for me of being a liar. I was such a dishonest liar. Mm-hmm. And uh, in rehab, like I couldn't use any mood or mind altering chemicals. Uh, my counselor kind of messed with me one day because I was really committed to being right. That was another big thing for me was I was a habitual liar. And then I was also right about everything, which made it really hard for me to learn anything and to grow in my life. That sounds like the worst combination ever. Well, well I was super immature. Yeah. And it, and it held me playing a really small game in life. So uh, in rehab, I was really committed to why I didn't have a problem. And I had a whole story about why society was wrong, why my parents were messed up, why uh, the circumstances in my life uh, were actually what was responsible for the wreckage and the chaos. And I remember in rehab, my uh, counselor kept telling me he had a bag of weed on him, which I thought was absolutely preposterous. How could you have, <laughs> how could you have weed right. in rehab? Yeah. Well, it turns out he did. He did. Yeah, he did. He had confiscated it from someone they had just uh, admitted that day. And okay. dude, when he pulled out that bag of weed, I started getting violent. I was like, dude, you don't have that. This is rehab. Like, how could you say? Well, he pulled it out, dude. And uh, what happened to me was my pupils dilated. My heart rate increased. I started to sweat a little bit. And my mouth watered. Kind of sounds like the chemical reaction that happens when you see someone you love. <laughs> right? Yeah, like you might have called it love at first sight. Yeah, yeah, totally. Love at first smoke. I don't know. Right. right. So um he was so perplexed by this like phenomenon, right. which I learned later on that this would be uh which I learned later on that this is known as the allergy of the body. Mm-hmm. That when you put it in your system that the thing that makes alcoholics and addicts what they are is that they lose control over the amount that they use and that there's a physical reaction. Yeah. And for me, it was so strong that just at the sight, I was already producing a physical reaction. Right. And that was information to me. That was something I didn't know. See, for a long time, I was really confused as to what alcoholism and drug addiction was, Right. which is one of the reasons I'm stoked we're here together to illuminate not only what addiction and alcoholism is, how it plays in our society, what we and what we get to talk about being sober. Well, yeah, just to just to add on that too, it's it's not just about what is alcoholism, what is addiction, because really, like everyone has, there's a stereotype. Oh yeah, about addiction and alcoholism, and there's a stigma, and really the com the the conversation surrounding alcoholism and addiction is like hush hush like let's not talk about it well not only that but then there's a stereotype on a stigma of being sober of right. like oh oh that guy's sober oh, oh oh that guy yeah 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 he he's sober like he's not yeah. cool yeah and, and it's <laughs> and it's just crazy it, it, it's crazy to me to think that because you know for so many young people and i see it all the time in working you know my my past working in treatment and then kind of what we're doing now with our our company and for those that don't know yeah. you know Brian and I have gotten together we came together and we formed a company and our our main mission is you know bringing awareness yeah to the topic yeah um uh, creating conversation like right. positive conversation right and really advertising sobriety as like a healthy lifestyle choice. Yeah. And, and, oh, not, yeah. and not to mention that, but also like like really helping people transition into 
recovery. Yeah, and making it cool. Because it's not just as easy as and, and I know Brian, yeah. you you when you went to rehab the first time, like that wasn't when you got sober. Nah, it, right? it, it, and, and certainly it wasn't the same for me. Yeah. It wasn't just like a one-stop shop. We oh, had some trial go. and error, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> so and I, and what we're really aimed at is that you know, personally, we have a lot of friends who suffer from addiction, alcoholism, yeah. and and the sad truth is that not all of them are going to make it. Right. And really the goal is to put people in a position to really be of maximum success. Yeah. Right off the bat. Yeah. So that they don't have to experience years of the, you know, ups and downs, so they don't have to succumb to death. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand, a thousand percent, Roman. I mean, we're committed like maniacs on a mission. Yeah, we are uh, committed out outside of our minds. I mean, crazy into uh, helping others. And and as a matter of fact, like we could just be honest with everybody. One of the reasons that we do that is because by us helping others and being committed to that, it actually ensures our own sobriety. Yeah, and that's kind of how it works. Is is like we get to help each other. Yeah, and and through helping others. You know, it helps us. Yeah. And it's this concept that for those who aren't afflicted with addiction or alcoholism, who yeah. might not have a understanding of how it works. Yeah. You wouldn't know that. Right. You right. know? So, like, like we are. Yeah. This is us. This is what we, this is what we want to talk about. Yeah. This is Sober Life Audio Experience. This is, yeah, baby. This is why we started this. Yeah, baby. You know? And, and I'm so excited to be a part of this. I see we're up on you know, Facebook Live right now, and, you know, tons of views, tons of comments. Tamagotchi. Yeah, that's, baby. That's what it was earlier. And, um, you we're, know, moving forward, the yeah. direction of this podcast is mm-hmm. we're going to bring in people. Yep. You know, guests, and, and talk about their story of, you know, recovery. Right, and, right. And kind of their, their past. We want to make this fun, guys. Like, we want to bring in guests. We want them to talk a little bit about what it was like. Right. Hear some war stories, connect. Yeah. What we want to focus on is what happened, but what we really want to get into is what it's like now. Yeah. Because yeah. our lives are so much better. And I think that that's the vision that we can hook people with of like a vision of what's possible for an alcoholic and an addict. Because for many of them, they are so hopeless, right. so lost. Like using the words sober and happy in the same sentence was absolutely foreign to me. Right. And I didn't even think was a possibility in the realm of existence. Yeah, I never really even thought about it because for me, I was, you know, so in love, resigned, yeah, to a life of, you know, despair and mediocrity. And, and it was just going to be the same old, same old over and over. And that right. was just it. I didn't even know that there was a way out. Right. Right. So we, we really get to reach out and connect with everyone yeah it falls in any category it doesn't matter from you know the homeless guy in the corner who's yeah. been suffering from a heroin addiction for the last 20 years right to the housewife in la jolla who, yeah who who drinks too much wine yeah right and you know guys we're gonna bring to you um stories we're gonna bring guests we're gonna bring uh speakers in but i think we also want to tackle like societal issues right dating and being sober right yeah. Going out and being sober, young and being sober. You know, yeah. Being, Guys, uh, I was sober my 21st birthday. Right. And I had a rad time. You know, I want to talk about the things that people think are not possible mm-hmm. sober. Building a business sober. 
Yeah, we've done that. Eating, sober. Working out, sober. Yeah. Doing life, eating, sober. Eating right, dieting. <laughs> yeah. You and, know, eating uh, healthy. Yeah, eating Just, healthy. Like everything that comes with it um, and why it's so special and why it's almost so rad to be able to feel, experience, embrace, and just take on all of it. Yeah, it's like it's like learning to walk without crutches, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of society uses drugs and alcohol, and and this is no judgment. It's just like as a crutch, right? right? Oh, I had a hard day at work. I'm gonna go home and toss a couple back. Yeah, right. Or I'm getting really stressed. I need to pop a Xanax. Or you know, wow, like the sun sets out. Let's smoke a doobie down by the yeah. beach. You know, it's yeah. like it's like these are crutches. And when I remove all the crutches, I really get to live life at its yeah. full potential. The vision I would paint for most people is what could life look like without drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and still feeling even more intensely the connection with those around you, right. feeling a part of, feeling the love feeling the affection, the approval, feeling just at one with everyone around you. How could that be possible? And how could that really actually improve and dramatically be a huge alteration than to doing that synthetically through right. the through the use of mood and mind-altering chemicals? Totally. And I think that our mission is to prove that that is possible, that, is, that, it, that it is a capability, and that there is a universe out there and a plethora of people that will support you a thousand percent in doing that. Totally. And I know that the world has two of the biggest proponents right here. Oh yeah. Like this is like, like this is our life. Yeah. This, we dedicate our entire life, every part of us yeah. to this. Yeah. And it's because we're so passionate about this because a good friend of ours passed away last weekend yeah. who didn't need to. And like, I want that to stop. Right. You want that to stop. Yeah. So like we are willing to dedicate and I invite you guys who are listening and who are tuned in to Facebook live. I see you guys. I yeah. appreciate you guys. I invite you guys all to be a part of this movement because that's what it is. It's not just Brian and Roman on some podcast once a week. Yeah. No, it really is a movement like yeah. sober life movement. Like yeah. your friends and your family don't have to suffer. We want feedback. They're hungry for feedback. And we would love to have you. If you have a story and you want to share it with the world, hit hit, us up. Yeah, hit us up. Let's get you on here. Let's get you on. Let's get your story out there. Yeah. You know, because we're all about inspiring others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so in in conclusion to to this podcast and and our Facebook live video. Yeah. uh, You know, is there anything you want to say? Guys, one thing that's important. If you're going to get sober and if you're going to live a happy quality life is having that vision, right? you know, and believing in the possibility of uh, something better for you out there. Um, one thing I know about addiction is that before it gets better, it almost always gets worse. You know, I, I had to be pretty badly mangled. I know Roman did too. Yeah. And uh, I was completely hopeless. I, there was, there was really no other option for me. I was, I was looking at suicide. I was looking at exiting this planet and I uh, didn't feel like uh, anything was available for me. And, and I want to say to those listeners who feel like that is um, that's actually a, a great place to be because what it means is that you may finally be past your commitment to being right mm. and open to the suggestions and the possibility that the universe has been hinting at for years of wow. a better way to live. 
It's that, it's more than recovery. It, it's a way of life. Yeah, that's that's well put. Yeah, and and I would just like to expound on that. Yeah, and say that you know on behalf of sober life, um, like we encourage all of you to be a part of this. This isn't just two maniacs on a mission trying to change the world. Like we really need the support of all you guys out there. So so like subscribe. Share, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah, send this to all your friends, all your loved ones. Because the fact is, is that everyone you know has someone in their life that is suffering from addiction or alcoholism. Let's get the community. And whether, going. yeah, whether you know it or not, like you might impact someone's life just by sharing this with them. Yeah, and them having the opportunity to hear what we're talking about. That may be the biggest thing that you can ever do for someone. So please share. Um, like our stuff. Yeah, subscribe. Uh, send it out. You know, this is this is not just us. Yeah, like this is all of us. Yeah, a- as a group, as a collective, we're all human beings. Yep, we're all on the same path, and that's just trying to find happiness and joy. And really, we just want to offer that experience to everyone out there. Yeah, we'd like to just be conduits of the light, of the energy, of the love vibration that's inside all of us. If we can be that vessel and that channel to affect anyone. We're so in for it. Um, we want everyone's support. We need it. We we love it. And uh, yes, yes. we're in this together, you know, liking, subscribing. What you can expect from us is a lot more. Yeah. Is connection, is going there, is getting raunchy, is being uncomfortable Ooh. and uh, bearing Ooh. it all. Yeah. Stay, you guys have no idea. Stay tuned. Like, it's going to get real. Yeah. It's going to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, there might be tears, snot bubbles. Yeah. It's going to be everything. It's going to be everything you ever wanted and more. Yeah. So, we're we're lucky to be in this position, to be talking to you guys. We're lucky to have you guys listening and, and tuning in. So, appreciate it. Yeah. Once again, like, this is Sober Life Audio Experience. You can expect us to drop once a week. On the podcast. Yeah. And um, be on the lookout for more posts from us as well. Yeah. Because this is really a movement. Yeah, baby. So. Sober life audio experience. Experience.